0: our first uh, book club conversation for the first book that we
1: ever read in our entire lives
0: (laughs) the first book we have for just chai (laughs) all right so um amy picked this book and we just happen to be reading the book the same book at the same time coincidence i think not um (laughs) we have two have the yin and the yang (laughs) <laughs> yes so, so untamed by glennon doyle um where do you yes. want to start you want to just like overall takeaways from the book
1: um <clears throat> so i've read one of her other books it was oh god love love warrior mm-hmm. that was the one i read and i know she wrote another one after that this book was uh, untamed was given to me as a birthday gift from one of my best friends and The cover is gorgeous, it's this bladder paint um, jacket. And so you look at it and the first impression you get just looking at the cover of this book is, this is about the beautiful mess that is our lives. Mm -hmm. And as I'm reading, by the way, like I really enjoyed the chapter structure because it really was a collection of just really tiny stories about different points or different things that were going on in her life. Like literally a chapter could be two pages and it was just long enough to drive that particular point. So I really enjoyed that because it made it very easy to put the book down when I needed to. Mm Um, and also there's some connectivity between a lot of those points and there, there's a lot of callbacks between, between a lot of them. So this was very much of, it's a different kind of
0: way to tell a story. So I, I liked the structure of it a lot. Like a lot of mini vignettes, stories from her life. I feel like you actually have a similar writing style to her
1: maybe that's why I liked it so much, because I was like, I know what you're trying to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like I feel like you'll post a Facebook update and it's 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 like a little mini vignette and then you take yeah. away a life lesson. And so I really enjoyed that writing style as well, but it felt very familiar, like your kind of writing style. yeah, it, it definitely
1: I'll tell you what reading her book, especially this one made me feel like, okay, I think maybe I do need to write more because I forget sometimes that you can write any way you want. Mm-hmm. There's no prescribed way to create, uh, create something. Mm-hmm. You can do it however you want. And I always forget that. A lot of, I, I struggle a lot with giving myself permission to show up however I want. I always try to I get stuck in other people's templates a lot. Mm-hmm. And this book talks about that. It mm-hmm. talks a lot about we get stuck thinking there's only a few ways we can show up. And there are so many ways. And you only learn that by unlearning uh, a lot of
0: what isn't working for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And there were a lot of things she said in here. There were a few quotes that I had pulled out. And when you were talking about that, one of the things she talks about was like the way that a family looks and that really spoke to me. I mean, obviously it speaks to my, my direct experience in my life. I'm just going to read a piece of this. I burned the memo insisting that the way a family avoids brokenness is to keep its structure by any means necessary I noticed families clinging to their original structures that were very broken, indeed. I noticed other families whose structures had shifted and were healthy and vibrant. I decided that a family's wholeness or brokenness has little to do with its structure. A broken family is a family in which any member must break herself into pieces to fit in. A whole family is one in which each member can bring her full self to the table, knowing that she will always be both held and free. And I, I mean, that really spoke to me because I mean, to how I grew up and certainly, you know, relationships that I've had where you have to break yourself into these pieces rather than just fully showing up in the situation. And I think when you read the title of the book, you don't really know exactly where it's going to go, but I think those little pieces, those little like gems of wisdom that really, I mean, if you've been through. I mean, and I think a lot of us have been through dysfunction in some way. Oh, you totally. relate, you can relate to it immediately.
1: There's dysfunction on a micro level in a lot of totally seemingly healthy situations. Reading a lot of like that particular excerpt, I remember reading that and thinking back to sort of the Indian way of mm-hmm. growing up. And The idea of brokenness and we were all, every member of my family had brokenness Mm -hmm. and we were all just hiding it from
0: each other. Like self-imposed prisons.
1: Yeah. And it was, it was like showing up even with facade in front of every person of your family, everyone's in their own thing. And I just, Looking back now, what a tragedy.
0: Yeah.
1: What a tragedy. I mean, I know there are all sorts of tragedies that show up in families, but that is such a quiet, sad tragedy Mm -hmm. that you feel like you have to be
0: whatever that structure looks like. Yeah. And one of it's interesting, one of the analogies that she uses to just sort of get this whole concept is this idea of being tamed. And she uses the cheetah as as a jump off point. Which is one of my favorite animals, but she talks about this wild watching this wild cheetah in a zoo. It's a very compelling anecdote. And we we actually put the video on our on our just chai Facebook page. Visit our Facebook page. Um, I'm a good <laughs> annoying podcaster, but you know, and she just basically says how the cheetah's wildness has been tamed out of her, but the wildness is still there. She just yeah. doesn't know that she's in that cage. Yeah. And for her. These are the lessons I'm giving you about how to sort of get out of your, your enclosure and go back into your, your wildness, which I thought was really compelling.
1: You know, it was really hard to record every, everything that affected me because literally every four or five pages, Mm -hmm. I was slapped in the face with some other really beautiful nugget that even though her story is not my story, yeah. I connect with the feeling. And this is the beautiful thing about storytelling in general. We don't all have the same experiences, but we all have the same feelings. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are only so many feelings and they just show up in a lot of different ways uh, many, many times over. And that I think was one of the biggest takeaways of this book, how good she is at illustrating what feels incommunicable.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, the places you go in your mind when something is happening outside of your body, like how you feel yourself sinking, you know, how you feel things closing in on you or opening up the artistry of how she Really creates a visual, you know, the words, the the descriptors. It's it's not like things you see commonly mm-hmm. in literature.
0: Yeah, and and you know when you're talking about the feelings, one of the things that really spoke to me was when she talked about anger. We we all grow up in different scenarios, right? And I grew up feeling like anger wasn't safe for me yeah. because there was only one kind of anger, mm-hmm. and that was you know, and it ended you know, it was always dangerous and violent and, and bad. And so for me, I just taught myself, don't ever be angry. Right. Because there was only, it's like having a volume dial and it's either all the way up or all the way off. And so for many years, if I even felt like a tingling of what I might call anger, it was just immediately repressed. And so I think her definition of anger, I think is really important, especially for people like me. And I think you've had a similar experience where you've had to learn like, what is my anger telling me? So this is what she says. Anger delivers important information about where one of our boundaries has been crossed. When we restore the boundary that was violated, we honor ourselves. When we know ourselves and honor ourselves, we live with integrity, peace, and power. Understanding that we are the kind of woman person who will be wise and brave enough to care for herself. And that really spoke to me because I think some people get angry and then they just like live in that anger and stew in it and they stay in it. Some of us are afraid to touch it. It's like a hot stove. And if yeah. I touch it, I'm going to get burned. But if we look at it and have a different relationship with some of these feelings that we have, but right. especially with anger and go, this is this is a message that something is wrong and that there's a boundary that's been violated and then do the investigative work to figure that out so that that anger then can be transformed. It's like an, it's like a fuel source. It's got to be transformed. It's a catalyst emotion. Anger is a
1: catalyst emotion. I don't know if I shared this with you. I would say, gosh, almost 10 years ago, I started seeing a therapist. And one of the reasons I was going was I was really struggling um, to connect with my body. I felt really disconnected from it. And one of the pieces that came up was my relationship to anger, and I was very good at suppressing it, and because uh, it wasn't, it wasn't ever an emotion that I was really allowed to show uh, in my home or outside or with some of my more delicate friendships. So I think because of that, I also, like you, learned to sort of stuff it, stuff it down. Mm-hmm. And for me, that turned into food issues. Mm-hmm. So my my food issues are all connected to me not dealing with my anger and my hurt. So when I'm kind of reading all of this, I'm thinking back to how once I did that work, all of a sudden, all I could feel was angry. Mm. All I felt was anger. And I felt it so intensely to the point of like rage all the time. And it was just, you know, the pendulum swinging in the other direction to kind of like neutralize the situation. But you know, now I am very it takes no time at all for me to feel my anger. But then once it shows up, I'm like, okay, it's here. What do I do with it? Yeah. And I don't stay angry. It just shows up. And it really is, like she said, showing me where my boundaries are.
0: Yeah, I agree. So yeah, this was a this was a really good read. I really enjoyed it. And I listened to the audio book, which I highly recommend because you know, hearing her tell her own stories, just like whenever you hear somebody tell their own story. It's just very, very powerful. Um, but I definitely I definitely enjoyed this one. and obviously this is a memoir, so you know it's her it's her opinions, it's her stories, it's her experiences. but um, you know, I talked to a friend who had <laughs> read the book along with us, and she mm-hmm. she she was not as much of a fan. But, but she was like, you know, there were some good things that I took away from it. So I think even if you don't necessarily love her style or voice, there's, there's some good wisdom in there.
1: You know, and really that's all you can ask when you're listening or reading to reading someone's personal account of their life. You may not agree with everything, but there's always something to learn or a strategy that you can absorb or adapt into your own life. And there are a lot in in her book, especially if you've, I think people who suffer from addiction or who have had thoughts of self-harm, they will find a lot to be gained from her writing because she has had a lot of trauma and a lot of the language she's using is really freeing and helps you kind of navigate how you can help
0: yourself through it so i i really enjoyed it so what do you want to read next i know we were kind of talking about a couple of different options Um, so you
1: brought up a book last time we were talking i don't know if you can see it
0: oh yeah the millionaire next door
1: yeah i actually i bought this book and a few other financial oriented books A couple years back after I took a financial wellness seminar and my mentality was like, I'm going to learn everything there is to learn about managing my money. And I never read it. It's just sitting on my desk.
0: It's funny so, that you say that because the same thing happened to me. And some somebody recommended this book to me, The Millionaire Next Door, The Surprising yeah. Secrets of America's Wealthy by Thomas J. Stanley. So we did a financial episode with LaToya, well, I guess it was a couple of months ago now. Yeah. But I, I like this because we're still in that mode of sort of new year stuff, new habits. Totally. And I'm really Tax focused. season is coming up. Yeah. So let's read it. Let's read I'm that. I'm
1: game. I'm game. And I think... It'll be good to see how we can apply some of this stuff in our own life. Why? Why not? It's a different kind of self-help. Yeah, it is. All right, cool. Sounds good.
0: Next, the club selection. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Done.